Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we believe grief is a season, not a life sentence. We want to support you in your grief and your healing journey. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Certified Life Coach and Grief Specialist. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 79, The Chaos of Grief. Well, I'm excited to share with you what I've discovered this week, the things that I've learned as I finished my book, (laughs) the new book that I'm writing. I'm sending my manuscript to the publisher tomorrow, and it feels amazing to finish this phase of the book. It goes to the publisher tomorrow, and then we'll go through the editing process, and they've already sent me a a mock-up of what the cover will look like, what it possibly will look like. It hasn't been finalized yet, but what that will look like. And then we'll go through the editing phase and it's supposed to come out. It's supposed to launch in July. So super excited about that. And hopefully by July, we'll be in a position to be in groups again. And this may be a perfect book for your book club, if you're involved in book club or some other thing. So I am thrilled. I'm so excited to be at this place with this book, because this is a book that's been on my mind for a long, long time. And I've been working on it actively for the past a little over six months. So pretty exciting, pretty exciting. I just did a webinar and a, and On that webinar, I talked about the boulder of grief, because that's what it feels like, right? It feels heavy. And and we often talk about, when we talk about grief, we talk about feeling like we're being knocked off balance or shattered or broken into a million pieces, weighed down, the heaviness, the confusion of grief. And And as I've shared before, I believe there's three things that are necessary to rebuild our sense of self and to re-engage in our life in a meaningful way after loss. And to deal with the boulder of grief, we must consistently chip away at it. We can't, seeing it as one big chunk, and this is some of the things that I explained in great detail on the webinar and helped everybody understand a little better, is that it, if when we see it as just one big, huge boulder, it's completely overwhelming. It's completely overwhelming. And we just see no chance of ever getting out from underneath that boulder of grief. But when we consistently chip away at it, eventually we release the supercharged emotions that we're experiencing. And that does not happen overnight. That's why it's like chipping away. And sometimes we're just Sometimes we're just chipping away little sand specks and sometimes we're chipping away pebbles and then all of a sudden a a big chunk will come off. You know, everybody has their own personal journey. But the first piece is chipping away at it. The second piece is working to increase our strength in the process. And the third is to seek the necessary support that we need. Because as I've said a million times, and I'll say it a million times again, your support needs to be greater than your challenge. Your support needs to be greater than your challenge. So make sure that that's in place. But I want to talk about this idea of being shattered, broken into a million pieces, I was doing some research. I was thinking about this idea that 
our right brains are more active after a loss, after a trauma, our bright, right brains are more active and our left brains are less active in grief. And so this creates a challenge for us because we do feel kind of, well, and I think that's where kind of that feeling of being knocked off balance of shattered, broken into. So what, the way I see it is that when we're, we're in a grief experience, it's as if all the pieces of our life lose structure. It's as if the, the glue, the structure of our life is gone and all the little pieces of our life are just scattered on the floor around us. And we have to figure out what pieces still fit, what pieces don't fit. How are we going to put these pieces back together? Will it look the same as before? And I would submit to you, no, it will not look the same as before. But I, I want you to keep in mind that even though it doesn't look the same as before, it can still be amazing. I just always want you to know that it can still be amazing. But if you think about the left side and the right side of the brain, the right side of the brain is creative. The left side of the brain is orderly, organized. There, it's analytical. In fact, here's a quote from let me see who this quote is from. Oh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this game. Anne Petrangelo. Petrangelo. <laughs> she said, the left brain is more verbal and analytical and orderly than the right brain. It's sometimes called the digital brain. So the left brain is the digital brain. The right brain is more visual and intuitive. It's sometimes referred to as the analog brain. It has more creative and less organized way of thinking. And when I think about that, when I think about in grief, we are operating from a less organized way of thinking. I think this is brilliant. I think this is just when I, when I kind of really latched onto that, like I've known this for a while, but I latched onto it and really kind of wrapped my head around the fact that in this place of grief, we're operating from our creative brain which is exactly what we need. And it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel, it feels disorganized. It feels messy. It feels, it, it sometimes it doesn't feel good. I know that after the kids died, it, it was probably two years before I opened back in the day when we had filing cabinets, we put stuff in filing cabinets, which I still do a little bit, but not to the extent that I used to. But back in the day, you know, when we used filing cabinets, and I would organize my bills or organize my important papers in these filing cabinets. And it was probably two years before I opened up that filing cabinet. And I remember feeling like I had no idea how to use the filing cabinet. Like I really could not wrap my head around the filing cabinet. I couldn't wrap my head around making a menu, a plan making a plan, making a menu and making a shopping list and actually going shopping and organizing my work. I felt completely scattered. And that was in some ways I was, you know, always been a creative person, you know, that I love to paint. I was a paper crafter. I love getting messy and getting my hands in things and, and being creative. But I also worked very much for my left brain very much for my left brain. And so I, I really felt disoriented. 
really felt disoriented not to be able to do those simple tasks that I had been used to doing in the past. They just, it was like I could not think in that way to do it. But as I think about this idea of our life being, and these are the words we use, we say shattered, broken into a million pieces. And I think about our life just broken into a million pieces. Then our, our right brain, our left brain is deactivated. And I think there's a reason for that because it's like, it's like our body is saying, look, we're not going to try to operate from the structure that we operated from before. That's, that's, that's not going to work for us right now. Right now we need to work from the right side of the brain. Right now we need to get creative. Right now we need to be able to look at these pieces and we need to find new ways, new ways, new inventive, new ways to put the pieces back together again. And when I talk about this, you may be, depending on where you are in your grief, you may be looking at it and going, oh, what in the world is she talking about? But honestly, this is what we've experienced in the pandemic. If you're in heavy grief right now, like if you're in new grief where you are still very, very much consumed with the grief of a, a major loss, then the pandemic may not seem overwhelming to you because you're so, you're so consumed with your previous loss. And I told, I get that. I get that because I remember in my own grief, when I was, things would come up and people would be like, Oh no, what are we going to do about this? And this is happening. And this is happening. And I'm, I'm just sitting there going, what's the big deal? I just, I could not, I could not focus on another thing because my brain was consumed with my previous grief. So the pandemic may be affecting you in different ways, depending on where you are in your previous grief journey. But if you're in that place where you were rebuilding from your grief and you are finding life again, you are finding purpose again, you're finding joy again, and then this pandemic comes along, then it did. Like for me, I felt it, I felt it really disassemble my life. And I did feel like things were kind of broken into pieces and not in the way that like a major, major loss, like if I lost somebody, to the coronavirus, then that would be a whole different level of grief. But just all of the losses that we've experienced at a community, as a community creates grief. And so I did feel like a little bit like the pieces of my life felt unorganized and unstructured. And, and the fact that our left brain kind of slows down, deactivates and allows our right brain to come in and go, okay, what is this going to look like? How am I going to put these pieces back together? I want to read to you a quote from an article called How Grief and Creativity Work Together. This is from Sarah Watson. Uh, she said, research shows that experiencing sadness results in a deactivation of the left prefrontal areas of the brain relative to the right prefrontal areas, says Dr. Shelley Carson, a lecturer at Harvard University, author of Your Creative Brain. While the left hemisphere specializes in positive emotions like joy and hope, the right hemisphere dispenses emotions like anxiety. Unsurprisingly, the right hemisphere is more active during periods of grief. 
Here's the hitch. The main problem during grieving seems to be the relative deactivation of the left hemisphere rather than the overactivation of the right hemisphere, Carson says. So even if creativity can help to heal and redirect, people don't always feel like tapping into their creative sides following a loss or trauma. And that is super important to remember. This is part of, she really identifies what's happening and where the problem lies. She even suggested that the left hemisphere specializes in positive emotions and the right hemisphere dispenses emotions like anxiety. This is what we experience in grief. The positive emotions we feel less and less of, the the uh, negative, what we call the negative emotions, anxiety, depression, those types of things are the emotions that we feel in grief. But it's also the right hemisphere that is our creative side. And so when we can, when I, I, as I read this, I thought about how I love to craft. It was one of the first things I went back to. And there was a lot of things that I had a tremendous amount of interest in before the accident that I never picked up again. I never, never got interested in again. And that's okay. Totally okay. But there were certain things that I still wanted to do. I still wanted to craft. I still wanted to play the piano. And I felt like, and even reading this and understanding this a little better, that was part of my healing process. I remember during my divorce, one of the things that I would do is I would sit at my piano and play music and sing. And I am not a singer. Okay. I can play the piano. I'm good at accompanying other singers, but I am not a singer, but I would sing at, sing at my piano. Nobody else was around. My kids were usually asleep and I would sit at my piano and sing sad songs and cry. And I see these creative outlets were healing for me to get back into these little things that I could do to create It might look different than it did before, but it was ways for me to use my creative brain that helped me because even when we create, there's still, we still bring in the organizational side. So even creative things have a sense of order. If you think about the piano, and I just wrote about this in my book, it's this, when you think about music and, and like piano music and music in general and this creation of music and playing music and being involved in that creative endeavor or even listening to music, there's a difference between a toddler banging on a piano and the piano music that we hear from artists who understand rhythm, who understand the structure of the music, who can take those same notes that the toddler is playing and put them in an order that creates beauty. And so as we endeavor to, to use the creative side of our brain that's being activated, that's being, that we're left with, we actually enhance our healing. Oh, I just, I just loved this kind of two parts that I thought about as I thought about how our body does this, how it deactivates the left hemisphere of our brain and activates the right hemisphere and how we really do need our creative senses to put everything back into order. And it doesn't go into the same order. And I think that on the, on the other side of grief, for me, that's one of the beauties of it 
is that we don't put everything back into the same place, that we create a new structure, we create a new life, we create a new, new wonderful existence. And the second piece is this idea that using our creativity, what in whatever way that we want, want to or need to, or we seek to do, that can actually help us to heal. It can help us to, to use that piece of our brain that's activated, that also bridges the gap. It bridges the, the, it bridges between the right brain and the left brain. So I hope that these thoughts that I had today are helpful to you in your own journey. I would love to hear what you thought of this. And, and if you had any other thoughts about this, I, I just found this so fascinating. This whole idea that our right brain is in charge and that does not sometimes feel comfortable, does it? Cause it's like we're using half our brain. And even if you're a right brain person, some of us have more of a left brain way of going about life and others of us have more of a right brain way of going about life. And I'm somewhere in the middle, but if you are a left brain person and all of a sudden you find your, your left brain is being deactivated and you're having to operate from your right brain, like in addition to the grief and the emotions that you're feeling, that's not comfortable. And if you're a right brain person and that left brain shuts down, even though we think that we're operating almost entirely from our right brain, we in normal life, we aren't. Our left brain is still there. So if you, if you're a right brain person and you see that left brain deactivated, you're going to experience more disorder than you have experienced in the past. So if you're finding it difficult to keep your things in order, if you're finding it difficult to do the normal tasks that you did in the past, if you are if you are like me and you're kind of on the other side of the healing part and you've rebuilt your life or you're in the process of rebuilding your life, the pandemic can feel very unsettling because you're going, it's almost as if we're going back to that old unstructured way of being where we're in this right brain and we're having to figure out like, what does life look like now? We are gearing up for May's webinar on May 5th. And this is exactly what you need. I, I love, love, love doing this webinar series with you guys. It is phenomenal to be there with you, to be there in person, to answer your questions in person, to illustrate things, to show things in a more meaningful way. And I wanted to share with you some of the things that people have been saying about the series. One, one lady wrote to me and said, that was beautiful. I thought for so long that what I felt was, was what I felt I was making up because of the stigma around grief. And it felt like no one understood. And I was kind of cast out. Thank you for being there. Someone else wrote simply, I learned a lot with three exclamation points. And someone else wrote, that was amazing and so helpful. I would love for you to join us on the webinar on May 5th. If you would like to join us, go to the show notes, click on the link. That is where the, or if you're on our mailing list, if you're not, get on the mailing list, go to visit, go visit buildalifeafterloss.com and get on the mailing list. But in the show notes, 
or on the emails, that's where you're going to find the link to register. You have to register for the, the webinar in order to get the link to the webinar on the day that it happens. And if for some reason you're like, ah, oh, I want to be there. I want to be there, but I don't know if I can be there at the time that it's set. I think we have this one set up for 6.30 till 8.30, which is mountain time. I think we have it set up for that time and in the evening, not in the morning, but in the evening. So if you look at that time, you go, I don't, I don't know if I can make that. That's okay too. Go ahead and register. We have a discount code in the show notes right now on the emails. So be sure to register soon so that you can get that get a third off. So you're, you're getting 33% off by registering early. Anyway, super excited to be there with you for that. I know it will be so beneficial for you. It's just amazing the things that we learn and the way that we are able to support each other. So remember, I believe in you. Have a great week. Bye.